0: welcome back to salesy i am so excited for y'all today because we have christine schwartz who is a digital offer and marketing coach speaker retreat leader and the creator of multiple mastermind groups she actually also has some really exciting things coming for y'all she activates female impact driven brands to set up their worth find clarity and confidence in their business through embodying mindset shifts High ticket, six and seven figure offers in strategic marketing with authentic sales. So, Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm
1: so excited to be here. Sorry for that mouthful, but you said it very well.
0: It is not a mouthful at all. It is just your standard bio. I would honestly love to dive right in. I know pre show we were kind of talking about like your background being in corporate. How did you get started? What made you jump yeah. into this space?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Super excited to chat with you and all your peeps. Um, yeah, so I came from corporate, and where a lot of you may have come from corporate, uh, it was kind of a surprise, right? I didn't think I was going to become an entrepreneur, but I was over it, like legit over it. I, um, worked my way up the, the, the ladder, um, only to be laid off in 2019. So this is pre COVID. Um, I had gone back to grad school, got my MBA, MBA, MAM. Like I was working with the CEO, different leaders. I mean, I knew everybody and I con- consistently reinvented myself. And I think as women, we typically find that there is a lot of resistance um, when we're asking for more money or we're trying to move ourselves up the ladder and we're not yes men, right? So uh, that being said, I consistently like tried to reinvent myself, hence Reinvent Your Hustle, the name of my business. Um, And I was one layoff, I was a reorg and I just said to myself, I am done. I was completely traumatized because I felt like my career was my identity, right? I had worked day and night. I did everything I could for that company. Um, I worked with overseas teams. Like I was working late hours and like, I'm like, how did this happen? And, um, and I got to this point, it was about a month prior to my layoff that I was approached by my old boss. And she asked me, Christine, would you ever consult for Urban Outfitters with me? We were implementing systems at the time. And, I said to her, as long as it's not a conflict of interest, that sounds great. Well, that never went through. But when I got laid off, I was like, you know what? I could do this. Like I'm working with these higher ups and there's so many people out there that are small business owners that just need, they need support. They need high level strategy. They need marketing. And at the time I didn't know what it was going to evolve into. Like, we think we know, but we don't know. We don't no, know. No, We don't. We have no freaking clue. Um, and so it, it's been a journey, but it's been awesome. And really what I say about that whole process was like, my rejection was just my redirection. Like I couldn't be more grateful for what I learned and from that company, multiple companies, as well as now where I am now and today. And I get to work with lots of different awesome women that are making impact all over the world. So it's fun.
0: I love that you said that my rejection was redirection. I experienced the same thing actually in 2018 is where I got fired from, you know, a company I had worked for. I was their yes man. I came in and did the things that they wanted to do. And I actually got fired on a technicality because you can only have so many HR violations in a year. And when they send you to a new location, they don't think like, Hey, we're going to, they sent me to a new location and they set up an anonymous tip line in the same year. And I was like, Just put a big red target on my back and call it good, right? It's so interesting though. Coming in pre-COVID, I feel like there was so much mystery to it. And then we went into 2020 and there was so much opportunity, and there still is so much opportunity because, like, we could have never predicted a pandemic. And I'm also very grateful for the opportunities that arose with that kind of it feels like unveiling of like what could be possible. What do you feel like has shifted now that you're you know, it's been what, like four years since you started Mm -hmm. your business. What do you feel like is shifting? What has shifted? What is shifting for you? Like, just give us a little bit of insight.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you said it. When we look at pre-COVID versus now, like the market is so very saturated when it comes to coaching inside of the marketing space and everybody has an answer for your issue, right? Um, And I think that's where we really have to hone in on our unique gifts as humans, like you and I both have amazing strengths and power inside of us to train change others, and um, when we kind of just march to the beat of everyone else's drum, we're not we're not uniquely shining. We're not allowing ourselves to influence others and really change their lives in the way that they're supposed to change. And I think for me, over the those four years, it's been an evolution. And as we all know, our journeys are not linear. There are ups and there are downs. I found that I created the course. I did the thing where I did the coaching. I niched in. I got really clear on who I wanted to work with. And I'm like, why isn't this course working? Why isn't this? Why haven't? Why am I not making a shit ton ton of money? And what I realized was it was very, um, what do we call it? Basic. It was very basic. Mm. It just felt like, yes, these are foundations and I saw the value and I knew I'm different than everyone else. My teaching style is different and thought partnership, but people weren't seeing that online. And what I realized too, was this launching every three months and like, it was exhausting. And for me, my stress level was like through the roof. And I just decided I'm done with this whole launch strategy. Uh, It's not my jam. I solely work on evergreen. Because I feel that like, we're here to enjoy this life. And if you're owning your own business, you get to make the frickin rules. So um, I I think there's a place for it in this land of marketing and coaching and all the things. But what I've found is that the people that I work with is typically, they don't want to launch either, they don't want more stress than they already have. Because obviously being an entrepreneur, taking all the risks, like it's already risky enough, but then to have your launch flop and then your ego and the imposter syndrome come up. And like, there's so many things that get wrapped into launching. Um, and so like the evolution over the last four years, what I'll say is I decided that I wanted to build a mastermind. And so I got coaching to build a mastermind and I realized, Holy crap this whole new world and opening my eyes that I could charge that much, that other people could charge that much too, that I can create a long-term offer and I don't have to launch every freaking month. And I could teach other people how to do this too. And they're going to be so much happier. Um, and so what I really started attuning myself to and helping my clients with was building out these superpower offers where they were uniquely theirs. They weren't anybody else's. They didn't have to blend in or have fear of blending in. And like they were finally stepping into, I hate saying stepping into your worth, but like asking for <laughs> what they deserve, you know? So I think
0: you have to step into your worth. I think there is this because when we use the language of stepping into your worth, you're making a conscious decision around it. And like worthiness, you are inherently worthy no matter what you do. But the acknowledgement of saying, I am worthy of charging high ticket. I am worthy of having and facilitating these massive conversations of holding these people for six, 12 months at a time. That is like a conscious decision that you have to make. And so worthiness is so interesting too, because it's like, you could go your whole life Not being an entrepreneur and not have to work on some of these things like worthiness and mindset and scarcity and so much personal development that like I think most people forget that you know the things that we are doing are not standard things and so you do have to make some of these conscious choices that are very scary When you say superpower offer, can you give me a little bit more around like what that framework is and what that looks like? Because I feel like offer creation can get super Mm -hmm. one of the same, and it can also be super monotonous if you get in a program and you just adopt your coach's model, basically. Yeah,
1: totally, totally. So I'm going to go back to those unique gifts, right? Everybody is built one way or another, and not everyone is created equal, um, So when I look at a superpower offer, I truly believe, and this is my model, but I truly believe that if you're going to create an offer and step into your worth, you are doing this thing because you want time freedom. So it's creating an offer that's going to give you that time freedom and that MMR, right? That reoccurring revenue that's going to hit your bank account every single freaking month. And that leveraged offer that you know is going to give your clients a high rate of success, right? Because that's what it comes down to. Everything that we're creating here, we're creating a result for our client, And it's so, so very important to build a framework behind it that is going to get them the result that you promise, right? Whether you're charging $1 or $2,000 a month or $5,000 a month, you need to make sure that you're getting them the result that you promised. And so building this superpower offer, I truly believe that It's that longer term, ever enrolling offer where you don't have to create new offers every month, where you feel so genuinely authentic in this offer. It's easy for you to sell, where it lights you up and you're fucking excited. Like you are excited and you are ready to roll. And it's, it's bringing out those natural gifts that you already have inside of you. Um, versus, like you said, adopting other people's models or looking at what's out there in the industry and feeling like you have to adapt so that you have something else that's very similar. Like we said, you're the CEO of your business. You get to decide what that looks like. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I have a superpower offer quiz as well where people can go through and based on Myers Briggs, they can actually see like, what should I be creating? Um, because ultimately, we're all built very differently. Like, Just because I'm right-brained or you're left-brained, like we shouldn't be doing the same thing. We should be thinking through like, what are our strengths? That's why in corporate they have you do strength finders and all those books that allow you to tap into your own personal um, personality tests and energies and all that stuff because we're all made up differently. And so why not create something that really allows you to shine and allows your clients to get maximum results?
0: I like that you mentioned that we're all different. I think sometimes when you look around in the space, we all feel very similar. And I was actually reading this morning about how, you know, only 1% of top creators exist on an app and only about 10% approximately of the creators on an app are creating content consistently. But when you're on something like Instagram and you're in a bunch of business groups and you've grown your business, you look around and you're like, oh, we're all doing the same thing. Like we're all creating content. We're all kind of, you know, comparing ourselves to each other. And it's like, but there is so much just like inherent uniqueness that each person has, because we've all had very different backgrounds too, coming into this space, deciding to start businesses, even like what path you take. Like Christine and I, before show, we're talking about how uh, we've worked with the same coach, but post working with that coach, I've worked with different coaches than she has. And there's all these different evolutions of business as well with a superpower Mm -hmm. offer. You do mention about high ticket sales and kind of learning this art of it. Something I would love if you want to kind of open, open up your mind and kind of show us too, is Kind of the drama around high ticket sales of going from a course to offering significantly more with a mastermind. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think when it comes to high ticket sales, you really have to switch up your mindset. Like the days of putting a course out there for two grand and expecting people to pop and buy without a connection are gone. There's so much saturation in the space that we have to go back to what we were all created to do connect with one another. I truly feel that sales is all about building that connection and understanding one another. Most people want a thought partner. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. We have to go into sales not not thinking that it's, it's literally another conversation, but it's allowing you to be the doctor. You get to diagnose this individual. You get to jump into all the different pieces of their business or their health or their relationships, depending on what you sell. And what's so important here is like, they're letting you in. And that is vulnerability at its finest. And so in order to respect that, you need to, it is your obligation when you're selling someone something to truly understand their pain points, to truly be able to understand what they need. You know, somebody comes to me and they're not the right fit. They're not the right fit. And I know that most likely within the first 20 minutes of being on the call. Um, But there's this other side to it where when we think about high ticket sales, that's what it is. It's diagnosing the person and what they truly need and how you're going to be able to get them from point A to point B. It's understanding how to cover objections on the call inside of a conversation, right? And it is not I think a lot of people think, well, you know, it's going to get easier. It is, but it takes a lot of practice.
0: It gets easier with intentional practice. That's, I think that's one of the like pedestaling behaviors that I don't enjoy in the online space is this concept of, you know, with sales, it being, Oh, magically one day you're gonna get easier and you're gonna be like the master of sales and then negating any sort of practice that people are doing. That that is something that I've seen a lot of. I love that you talk about vulnerability though, because it is, you know, in this industry, I think we have created a false sense of vulnerability and there is true vulnerability of coming to someone and saying, I need help, but then having normal fears. And just the example of a doctor, it's like I remember when I was going on medication for mental health. Um almost two years ago now. And they were talking about the medication and they were talking about the side effects. And my first inclination wasn't, I'm going to like take these pills and go. I had questions about like, okay, is it going to affect other parts of my life? What are some of the things I need to look out for? And so that's the other piece too, is as people are getting vulnerable, they are going to naturally have fears up and what traditional objection handling of this, like, don't take a no and just keep pushing for the yes. It's not actually that it's just sometimes people Doing something different is scary. And that is so normal where I feel like some people are just like, "Oh, don't even touch it. Don't even get near it. Like, my people should know yes, right off the bat. And part of me is like, when's the last time you had, like, a whole hearted yes into something new with no ounce of fear? because I can't imagine a time like that
1: right. And like going back to we're all created differently. and and I don't know if any of your people on this podcast are into human design, but, Human design in itself is all about your energetic DNA, how you make decisions, how you energetically work inside of this world. We all interact, think, process, act differently. And so what's really important to know about that is that these pressure sales, yes, there's a time and a place for them. And it's understanding first and foremost, before you get to that pressure sale, if that person is even like ready to, if they're right for it. And knowing your audience, like it's kind of like reading the room. Like you jump into a room, you don't walk up to someone and ask them to marry you. Like you go on a date first, you got to date the person. You want to find out what their favorite food is. Have a kiss like (laughs) before you jump into the bedroom, right? Like you are not going to marry this person just by asking them right off the bat. You need to date them. You have to get to know them. You have to build a relationship and connection and see how you vibe together. And you have to ask the questions, and sometimes those are hard questions, but high-ticket sales is about connection. Make no mistake, like if you are not taking the time to understand your own sales process as well as how you interact with people, and if, <laughs> if you've been sold the line of your pitching before you even diagnose the individual, then you need to revisit your strategy because it's an invitation. It's an invitation and we have to get to know our clients first or our prospects, I should say.
0: I mean, their future clients, prospects, leads, dream clients, yeah. whatever, whatever yeah. word you want to insert there. It's so funny. I had someone slide in. And I mean, the, the cold pitches are definitely, they're getting a little bit more sophisticated. People are like, Hey, can I ask you a question? And this person was pitching me on free video editing. And it was so interesting. Cause I said, you know, I say, no, thank you. I want to know what you're going to see. I also, I'm curious. I want to see like, what are these pitches sure. out there? What are the things being taught? And it was so funny. Cause they replied to me and they go, dang, that's so cold that you uh, won't even take a free video. And I was like, hold up. I was like, is it cold or did you actually determine whether or not I would be a good fit for this just based on looking at my profile for five seconds? Because if you actually looked at it, you know, if you took that time to get to know someone or know your prospect, then you would know whether or not they need the service or whether they've omitted mm-hmm. it. And that's where I think some fear also comes around with sales and specifically high ticket sales is that people are going to say no sometimes and that fear of rejection is so scary, but it's also like, it has nothing to do with you and more about where they are at.
1: Absolutely. And every no gets you to your next. Yes. Like let it go because that energy fear does not serve you. Like let it go. All of that is like just lessons learned. And every time you're in a sales call and they say, no, like, Take a hot minute and look at the conversation. I don't know if you record your sales calls, but that would actually be a really great practice to be able to go through. Most of the time we actually realize, oh, I know where I messed up. Oh, I know what I should have dug into more. Oh, I, I should have known to say X, Y, and Z. Like we learn every single time. And honestly, like I am totally okay with a short no rather than a long maybe. That's the other thing is oh, yeah. people need to realize that like waiting for that one person to commit and come through a month and a half later, like, yeah, there's some people, yeah. there's some people that will come through. Maybe they might even wait a year or two years, but like sitting on eggshells, waiting for that individual without going and pitching other people or making sure that you have an, uh, a lead gen that's popping into your inbox on a consistent basis. If you're waiting on that individual, like Just tell them I'm okay with the short no rather than a long maybe. And that's okay. Most people know that if they want to work with you within the first day of meeting you, right? Having that conversation. They really do. Yeah.
0: I don't actually do sales calls, I stopped doing sales calls in 2020. So I haven't consistently gone on a sales call in three years so um but that's just personal preference i i tell people like do what works best for you and the capacity that you have that's something that i feel like the online space is really good at. Is like demonizing different roads to do things whether you do dm sales or you do sales calls or i mean i am team anti-cold pitch across the board i have yet to find an opportunity where cold pitching is like the best option, knowing what I know about it. But I do like that you said, you know, I'd rather a short no than a long maybe because the other thing is, is like, there is so many people who get stuck in the decision of making a decision. And I find that the people who get stuck in that decision of it, they're, they're not going to take the action that they need to in a coaching program. If they're even getting stuck on just like whether or not they should buy And that's the other part about, as you're going through the sales process, you are modeling a relationship that you would have with them. And that's where I think a lot of people get hung up on it is because you're wanting that first date marriage proposal and while they exist, I have seen some of them work out wildly well. There is an opportunity to come in, really build that trust, really be able to diagnose someone, show them that there is a solution to their problems, then make a decision and take action towards it versus getting out of this like sometimes I feel like it's convincing energy that comes from this idea of like, well, people don't want what I have to offer just because you heard one. No. And the truth is, is too, is that you're going to hear no at any game that you play. Like it's not, once you make enough money, people will always say yes to you. Like there's always going to be people saying no.
1: Yeah. And it's all about that energy too. Right. I think you said that, like you're going to get a know. I have done the days where I've had back-to-back sales calls and like resetting your energy and making sure that you're mentally in a really great space is so important because again, going back to reading the room, people can feel that that is transferable. And so whether you're selling in the DMs or whether you're selling face-to-face or whether you're selling on a Zoom call, like you need to make sure that your energy is in check because people can feel that, right? Yeah. Um, It's
0: actually in our brains. It's our mirror neurons in our brains. Like a lot of people, some people have really strong mirror neurons because they're highly sensitive and they're used to really reading the room, but like we have structures in our brain that are set up to really be able to look and feel those emotions. Because if you think about, if we think way back when we were evolving, you know, our brains and the technology that we have is still relatively new. And some of the things in our brain are really old, but that was feeling out, you know, if someone else felt in danger and they didn't have the opportunity to communicate that, that would be our survival. And at the end of the day, your brain's only goal in life is to survive. As long as you remember that it helps you with a lot of the processes that you're doing too. Mm -hmm.
1: Fight or flight, right?
0: Yeah. Your amygdala is a it's a strong force, but with that, you do mention more about embodiment and, you know, using these high power offers, using high ticket sales, and then really figuring out what it is you want and how to embody that. How do you define embodiment for your clients?
1: Well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um you know that I was I've been thinking about this a lot. I was doing a rebranding, and this term CEO embodiment really really came into play. and it's like, how do you become an embodied CEO? Well, ultimately, it's number one confidence. Where does confidence come from? Well, it comes from clarity. It comes from really understanding what are you offering? What are the results you're creating, You know, as we, continue on our our business journey, the more testimonials results we're able to see inside of our clients, the more confident we become in our product and what we're able to create for others. So that's part of it. I think the other part is is a heightened self-awareness and understanding here's the deal, right? We all started this journey of, of entrepreneurship and along the journey We see all the other people doing all the things. And so imposter syndrome plays big right when we start, right? We're like, we're comparing ourselves. And so we get to this place of finally, you feel confident in your products. You feel confident in your system. You feel confident in your results. But oh my gosh, there's a new thing out there. There's another coach doing the same thing as me. And so it's, it's inevitable that these things will pop in. Well, I decided not to be on Instagram anymore, or I'm not scrolling, or I set my timer, or whatever it is. And that's great. But you know what's even more powerful? is like having enough self-awareness that you see yourself, you step outside of your body and you're able to see yourself scrolling. You're able to see the negative thoughts or the triggers that are creating these actions inside of your head, right? These thoughts that are actually really negative and aren't serving you. And so when I think about an embodied CEO, it's this mind, body, soul. It's taking care of yourself physically. It's also understanding yourself from a mental perspective being able to have those checks and balances and and really be able to work yourself out of that horrible day, whatever it is. I mean, if you haven't had a client that said, you know, I don't know if this is right for me or back out of a contract or say no on a sales call, like you haven't lived a little yet. Like that's just, that's just business that sales, but it can really wreck you mentally. And so like being able to check yourself and say to myself, okay, Whether it's a money mindset issue or an imposter syndrome or wherever you are, you need to be able to say to yourself, Christine, you are not in the right mindset. And then what is the activity that's going to get me into a different headspace? Because we are leaders as business owners, we have clients and we have a responsibility to make sure our heads are on straight so that we can give them the best service possible. And so when I think about an embodied CEO, number one, we're leading ourselves. We're leading by example, you know, from a mind, body, and soul perspective, we are stepping into our worth and we're recognizing what we truly deserve. And again, going back to like, how are we leading? People want to work with us because we are taking action in ways that they want to take action. They they're take, they're taking our lead because they're seeing what we're doing and they want that too, and so being an embodied CEO to me is truly being able to understand yourself, understand your clients, and and being able to step outside of what you were and what that past version of you is, and really what you truly want that that next level self to be, and marching to that, so.
0: I like how you talk about self-awareness. I find that there is a lot of reactive behavior unintentionally when it comes to scaling, social media, Instagram. And I find that it's that self-awareness is cultivated in that it's that 0.5 of a second, right? Between, oh, I'm triggered, I'm scrolling. I'm, you know, I'm in a bad mindset. I woke up in a bad mood or just the acknowledgement that like, Hey, there's a lot of stress that happens as a business owner. And instead of that reactionary of I'm going to leave Instagram, I'm going to, you know, that that it's that heightened amygdala state of like, I'm feeling that it's that 0.5 second of like, Hey, what about this is triggering me? What feels off? Can I remove myself from? Did you know a lot of times with those, that reactionary action and that moment, it's like, it's not just that thing. There's other things going on and it all accumulates to that point. So I like that you mentioned that because self awareness too also just gives you sometimes an out button when you need it, where it's like, okay, maybe, you know, you are trying to do work super distracted and you aren't doing what you need to be doing and you just need a moment to say hey I need to reset I need to go for a walk I need to I'm like a bath person you can find me in the bathtub at all hours of the day like if I could live in there I would if I could like set up shop with my computer probably would I wouldn't though because like I'm terrified of if my computer fell into the bathtub it would be like
1: right 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 there's my
0: job right and it's just I think the other part of that too is embodiment is it's not really a destination it's a journey that you continue to go through Yep, yep.
1: I um you know, going back to like when I started this business, there was a lot of mental mental work I had to go through to like get to a good state headspace. Um and you know, they say in business like they only you only get enough that you can handle, right? So when we look at the universe and what it's giving us, like you're only going to get what you can handle. Um So right after I left corporate, I'm like, what is wrong with me? I had a lot of negative thoughts, fears, all the things, worries. And uh, I started going to an angel healer Mm. and this angel healer, I'm not even joking, like changed my world, changed my life. And so I have started a meditation practice way back when, and I'm extroverted. So like, meditation what like how am I supposed like, to get no, quiet thank you. yeah <laughs> super super difficult um and I came from a really religious background and so as I as I grew uh I grew up uh went to college all the things I kind of went away from that really structured traditional aspect of spirituality and um it's interesting because in the last four years I've really came back to it I've come back to a place of where it's not necessarily religion but more so spirituality and what I have found that has really helped with that self-awareness piece and that next level thinking and being able to really ground myself in who I am so that I can create an offer that feels good to me and I can not worry about what everyone else is doing out there and really get more in tune with what I wanna create um, is really that meditation practice. And so if you don't have a practice it is something that it, it doesn't not everyone can sit on the ground cross-legged. That's not what it means. Um, and it's not necessarily chanting or doing yoga or going for a walk. It can be. But what's really important here, and what I found was like being able to pause and be quiet. And sometimes we need a guide, right? Whether those are prayers or affirmations or a practice, like Palo Santo and like all the things, but ultimately being able to be quiet and uh, and observe yourself. There's this book called The Power of Now. I just started reading it and it's so good, but it, it really tells you to like sit and be able to observe yourself from the outside of you sitting on the ground and thinking. And like when you get to this place, you're truly gonna be at this heightened space of intuition and be able to, to really be able to heightened state of joy because you don't care about anything else. Like you're the observer in your own mind. Um, that's a lot. But but I think the whole point is, is that if you don't already have a practice to reset and ground yourself as an entrepreneur, you need one. I don't care if it's walking outside or that cross-legged meditation, like figure it out because we're in this together, but we're so very lonely and um, we have to have that check and balance. I love
0: Eckhart Tolle. I think, brilliant writer. The
1: mm-hmm. Power of
0: now is a very interesting book. I have not fully gotten through it yet. I find myself in seasons kind of chunking it where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I get through a chunk and then I go through a season and then I find a little bit more. The interesting thing is that pausing, it's, it feels so unnatural because it's also like, when you pause, you're acknowledging that not everything is urgent and scarce in a world that right? urgency and scarcity is so high value. And that's where it's also, you know, you get a moment just to like just let an exhale out because mm-hmm. man, some days you just need a moment. I love that you mentioned meditation too. I don't to meditate cross-legged. I just like put my feet up and lay on my couch and I'm like, Sometimes I stare at the wall. Sometimes I guide. Sometimes it's just, it's just that like mental breather that sometimes you just really need. It doesn't even have to be a full, you know, 15 minutes or I have a friend who they can meditate for an hour every single day. And I'm like, I wish I was there. I I wish I could
1: too. Oh my gosh.
0: Like Like, like, talk about mental clarity. (laughs) Oh, you imagine like, for me, that'd be like an hour long massage come out and just like the the, the clouds part and the sun comes in but it truly is and I think those practices you come back to your habits and your routines and your practices and having that just that moment is so key when you're also trying to figure out what do you want because at the end of the day you can build a business to somebody else's models to somebody else's dreams to somebody else's goals but that may not be the business you want forever and that is really a lot of what we're seeing in the space too is people who are making tons of money and they're like well this isn't what I built this for and now I have to go out and have this moment in the woods so that's well and we'll, that's just we'll it you can pivot
1: at any time like you truly that's the can scary part it's so scary for people to realize oh my gosh I've created this thing and it's not exactly what I want to be doing and how do I pivot but the reality is if you don't do it now you're going to be how much further down the road trying to make that decision with how many more clients, right? There's so much more on the line later. So why not make that decision now? And having enough courage and bravery and being grounded in your truth of what you want and deserve to make that decision is is really difficult. But um, again, if you're grounded in that space and you know yourself well enough, it, it's one time in space it does not define you right so.
0: yeah and there's a really big difference between like a pivot based on being grounded and it being authentic and a nervous pivot because things aren't working out in the way that totally. you think you are and your amygdala is hijacked and you're dysregulated and you know, it's so funny because when you feel like you're failing, you look around the room and you think everybody else is winning. And little do you know, if you got into conversation with some of these people, they would also feel like they're failing or it's that weird perception too. And pivoting is, you know, it's not, I think what you said about like waiting to pivot is the scarier part because then it's like one day you wake up and you're like, I don't like any Mm -hmm. of this. And now what do I do? Or As you mentioned in the beginning, having your whole identity wrapped up in one thing and then being like, actually, this is no longer for me and I'm going to find something else.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. That's why it's like, I tell people they always want to build all these other offers. And I'm like, just build your high ticket, get some revenue coming in, and then you can do your freaking passion project. Okay. Like (laughs) just pause for a hot minute. Make sure that you have that security, stability, and predictability. And then you can start making moves on those passion projects, those things that you really want to do, but might not make you as much money. Right. Um, But like, take a pause, take a hot minute, do what's going to bring it in so that you can have that peace of mind. And that doesn't mean that you can't change it later. Of course you can.
0: Nothing is forever. Nothing is for business.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So
0: this has been such a good conversation just around so many things. And I feel like it's one of those things too. It's like, It's something that it's like the foundations of business. It's something you always have to come back to. As you mentioned, like mindset truly determines everything that you do. And you can't, you can't outwork a mindset, a bad mindset. I've tried it. I got major burnout from it. It wasn't enjoyable. Had to come back and do the mindset work anyways. But for those of the people who are listening, who want to connect with you more, who want to see the fun things that you have coming up, where can they find you?
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm at reinvent your hustle. So, Instagram's my jam. Come find me there. Follow me. Um, and then I would also say, you know, if meditation is something you're tiptoeing into, or maybe you're a seasoned veteran at it, um, I'm also launching the refined ritual, which is mm-hmm. meditation boxes for entrepreneurs. So, I'd love to have you come visit me over there where lots of fun inspo, but, you know, pockets of peace for you. So.
0: Ooh, I love that pockets of peace. Tell us more about too, the superpower quiz. Uh, we'll link it yeah. down in the show notes, but tell us about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 45 seconds to figure out what you should create next, right? So what I typically find is people want things that are rooted in facts. And so when I was creating this quiz, I thought to myself, okay, let's bring Myers-Briggs to life. And mm. what do I, what do I need to create? That's like, it really allows me to step into my magic. And so I put together this quiz actually about a year or two ago, and it allows you to really hone in on your skill set and what you're really, really good at, what you love and figure out what should I be creating to get me to my next level. And so that's why I created the superpower quiz for helpers, healers, coaches, creatives, anyone that's out there that wants to create an impact on somebody else. This quiz is perfect for you. So if you go to reinventyourhustle.com, you'll be able to find it right then and there. Otherwise I have it linked. Um, on my Instagram page too. But yeah, it's a super fun one.
0: Yay. Thank you so much for being on. Oh, it's a pleasure.
1: Thank you for having me, Megan.